Hello, and welcome back to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the 18th Fairway at the Gay Brewer Jr. course at Picadome, trying to decide which side of the tree at the end of the fairway I'm going to go around this time. And this is Season 3, Episode 13, A Requiem and a Prayer. It's 15 degrees outside with bright sunshine and 11 inches of snow on the ground here in Lexington, Kentucky. So I am finally going to do what I've been putting off, handing out some superlatives, looking back with a requiem for 2021, the year in golf, and a prayer for 2022. Yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes where I just talk for a while. So you're going to want to speed up your podcast player speed to probably at least one and a quarter speed, one and a half if you're ambitious. And we'll just take it from there. My 2021 was dominated by two big things. The first being free golf. Um, As many of you know, I've tried to relay on this podcast and on social media. In 2020, I won the Play Golf Lexington Amateur League uh, year-end tournament for my flight, which which basically gave me a Willy Wonka golden ticket for uh, golf at any of the city's five golf courses free greens fee for the uh, for an entire 12-month period Um, that was great that had maybe some unforeseen consequences Um, it was great for league play again this year playing in tournaments where all i would have to pay was basically the entry fee which went to the prize pool i wouldn't have to pay for the greens fee and i walk every time anyway so uh, there actually was a lot of golf played but it kept me tethered to home now i'm sure that's part of the uh, marketing uh, of such a golden pass or golden ticket. But, you know, I, I looked back on kind of my end-of-year summary on rounds played and things like that, and, man, I just played a disproportionate amount of my golf at city golf courses, and why wouldn't I? Um, but I, I still thought I might get out more than I, I did to other places here in the region, but, nope, stayed basically Kearney Hill and Picadome, and then Lakeside and Tate's Creek when I had to uh, for league events. So that was one big thing. The, the other big thing was that it was a year marred by two big things, which was spraining both ankles. More on that later. Uh, just before I get into the bests and favorites and worsts, um, I logged 18 competition scores for 2021. Uh, that's pretty good for me with a low score of 75. Personal best within competition for me. And a high of 92, which was just awful. I have a little more to say about that later. That was just an awful experience all the way around. Uh, booked 45 scores into the gen system for 2021, and I probably had at least that many, if not more, of either practice rounds or casual rounds or sneaking out for, I don't know, 7, 9, 13 holes at sunset by myself after maybe get the kids settled in the summer. Uh, Just getting out and walking, getting some exercise, and and hitting some golf shots. I probably hit the range quite a bit less than I did this year just because there was a uh, no-cost factor to getting out on the actual golf course and playing golf instead of going and playing golf shot. Um, Again, missed two months, probably more with ankle injuries and back spasms. So with that, good buying, good riddance to 2021 in that respect. Now I want to transition into the bests of 2021, the best things that caught my attention and are now in the rearview mirror. I'll start best idea that I gave up on. I started caring how far I hit my driver in 2021, and that was a mistake. 
I wasn't, it's not that it's bad strategy or that it doesn't matter. Those things are very true. Uh, hitting the driver further is going to help my golf game and it is important, but I went about it very much the wrong way. Half measures will avail us of nothing in this life and uh, skipping ahead to chapter three or four in the process without putting in the work really is just a recipe for disaster. When you stack that on top of the injuries that I had with my ankles and my back, for all I know, the back problems and the back spasms may have been caused by overtraining, uh, overfocusing on speed. So hopefully remedy that in 2022 with a more holistic approach to fitness, uh, not just for golf, but for overall fitness and strength. I'll get a little faster and just let my golf instructor sort it out at the end. Uh, best decision I did follow through with for 2021 was I took a lot of golf lessons, probably eight or 10 lessons, which is kind of a lot for me. That's about one per month uh, through the playing season, maybe one and a half if you start in March and end about October like I did. So uh, it made a big difference. Uh, my swing was more consistent throughout the year. I hope to take at least that many lessons in 2022. Uh, and when I say golf lessons, yes, some of it, pro primarily most of them were probably full swing lessons, kind of tightening that up. But I take at least one short game lesson and one putting lesson each year just as a checkup. And I always learn something about what I'm doing. Um, always find I have a blind spot between my reels and my feels. So highly recommend it as a shortcut to get better at golf. Uh, my favorite, most disappointing experience, Sweeten's Cove. No, this is not a shit post on the course in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Um, we had two days booked with their down with Brown last year, and we got frosted out. They had to cover the greens the day before we got there, so we actually had zero Sweetens Cove experience, but almost zero. We drove out there and took a look at it one morning. Um, the eight spots we had for two days in February was optimistic at best, and when that brutal cold front hit the 10-day forecast on a weather app, we all just had a very sinking feelings. Um so we're going to try that again here in 2022. Uh, I was able to snag a couple of tee times for their, their down with Brown in March. So hopefully that will be a different experience. Less heartbreak, more fun. Uh, favorite, most surprising experience was visiting the Black Creek Club. This uh, piggybacks on the Sweetens Cove um, debacle. When we found out that we couldn't get on Sweetens Cove, I was going to lose basically the full prepayment on the cabin that we had rented. So I had a friend reach out and he was able to hook us up with Mr. Stein, Doug Stein, who is Mr. Golf of Chattanooga, probably likely candidate for Mr. Golf of Tennessee. Um, and he, he built and owns and operates the Black Creek Club there in Chattanooga. It is a Rainer, Seth Raynor tribute course. It is a course of 18 templates. Mr. Stein is a member and actually lives on uh, the Lookout Mountain Club, uh, which is a Seth Rayner course right there on top of the hill in Chattanooga. So I got to meet him. We did uh, two rounds. One day we had the entire place to ourselves. We played as a fivesome and just walked the entire thing together. It was about 36 degrees. It was absolutely fantastic. Just laughed our way around the course. It was my highest score in the year, but it didn't matter because it was golf in February and we were just having fun. Um, if you want to know more about Mr. Stein, the new club podcast, um, 
the uh, I guess it's called the Bag Drop Podcast. Look it up. They've got a two-part interview with him. So pour yourself a drink uh, and just get comfortable and listen to him holding court. He's got stories on top of stories on top of stories. So that was a surprisingly fun experience. We went back the next day, played a, a different set of tees on the second day, had just as much fun. Um, hoping I get back and get to shake his hand one day. Uh, but, you know, out of nowhere, a club that I was wholly unfamiliar with turned into one of my best experiences of 2022. Uh, best, most surreal golf round. I got to play at Farm Neck uh, one of, as part of the McKellar Magazine uh, launch parties for issue, I guess, volume number five, which I had an article published in. Uh, there was a little bit of a launch party up on Martha's Vineyard. So it happened to coincide pretty closely with my wife and I's 10th anniversary. So um, on what I thought was just a lark of, hey, that'd be fun if we could do that, turned into, no, we're going. Um, so I got to play uh, golf at Farm Neck, and I walked the course with Bill Fields, who was a longtime uh, one of the golf writer, one of the most respected voices in the game for more than 40 years. Lloyd Cole, uh, formerly of Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, uh, a rock star who could not have been more fun uh, to play golf with in his long British socks. And Elliot Ross, formerly of Renaissance Golf Design, he and his partner now are running Twirled Golf Clubs. It's just a fascinating little startup where they refinish uh, golf clubs from, they're not antiques, think more blades and persimmons, just really beautiful clubs that they refinish and bring into, you know, help bring into a modern era. So for those, I, I think his, his tagline is helping people feel more connected to the game, not letting technology get in the way of it, but actually enhance the golf experience. So pretty neat. Being able to walk 18 holes, spend four hours chatting and talking with those guys was just an absolute treat. And, and I kept pinching myself not believing it was happening uh, the entire time. Uh, best, most important course I played in 2021 was the short course. Um, the Cradle down at Pinehurst, the Sandbox up at Sand Valley, Royal Chappie on Chappaquiddick Island there by Martha's Vineyard, uh, Lynch Country Club down in Lynch, Kentucky, the Thistledew Putting Course, and even the Diabolical Par 3 that um, they made the course they created at Kearney Hill this year. That's one, two, three, four, five, six short courses. Um, each one of them was fun. Each one of them was challenging and gauging and really just brought out something that was the best of golf. Next item on the list, my best golf food of 2021, chicken tacos at Craig's Porch at Sand Valley. A close second place would be the ice cream sandwiches at Craig's Porch at Sand Valley. But everyone says get the pork tacos. No, get the chicken tacos. They're a little juicier, a little tenderer, a little better. Uh, next item, best trend of 2021. Hitting flag sticks at the range. Yeah, this is something I started doing the second half of the year. And I think I did it through the bag. I did everything. Uh, there's one about... 2.30 or 2.40 out that I hit with the driver a couple of times. Uh, when we moved way up um, at the front of the grass tees, I hit it with the hybrid. Um, uh, short irons, I've hit all of the, the near flags uh, with those. Had a really cool one 
uh, towards the end of the season, might have been in November, I actually hit the top of a flag stick with my pitching wedge. Like, I don't mean I hit way up on the flag stick with my pitching wedge. I mean, in its descent, it came down on the top of the flag and shot up into the air. Um, not quite as high as I'd hit it, but pretty darn close. So that was cool. If I could transfer that from the driving range to the course, I'd be a very, very happy golfer. Uh, next best best tournament, um, probably got to say that's the Bourbon Duck. And that is the name for the member guest tournament out at the Keen Trace Golf Club. Um, many of you probably recognize Keen Trace is the host of the Barbasol Championship on the PGA Tour. Uh, big year for those guys in 2022. They are no longer the uh, the Open Championship or British Open opposite field event. So I just announced earlier this week that they will be able to award an open qualifying spot uh, to somebody in their field. So this is a big step up for them this year. Hopefully the weather cooperates. And, hey, they may even get to play the ball down this year. I don't know that that's ever happened at the Barbasol. Uh, but as far as the Bourbon Duck, this is my first member guest experience. Um, really good, fun combination of fun camaraderie and grinding competition. We were way down, I want to say maybe the 7th or 8th flight, like F flight. So maybe not that far, maybe 6th or 7th. But nowhere up near the championship with the plus guys or the scratch players. But um you know, being the guest, not wanting to let my member down, I think I probably hit more good shots and definitely made more putts than I ever have on either one of those courses. So um, we didn't win. We finished second in our flight, which means we won back a good chunk of our Calcutta. Um, but it was overall a very, very positive experience. I had a lot of fun and can't wait to do it again somewhere sometime soon. Uh, best new course to me of 2021. Um, wow, I think I had 11 new courses, which strikes me as odd for playing so much free golf and being tethered, uh, to my home courses here, the, the city courses in Lexington, but I think I'd go with Mammoth Dunes. Uh, that is David McClay Kidd's masterpiece up at the Sand Valley Resort. I just rem have so many positive memories of the views and vistas, as well as, you know, just being a great walk and hitting really fun shots. I hit some good shots, hit plenty of terrible shots too on that trip. But I just remember that setting up and crescendoing really well um, through the turn in the back nine and just enjoying that course so much. Um, last one for my best, my best biggest disappointment, um, probably the injuries. Uh, overtraining, not being smart again, I touched on this at the beginning, and missing essentially two and a half to three months of golf, just laid up on the couch rehabbing. That's not a fun way to spend the summer or the spring or the fall. Finally, the thing maybe I'm most proud of, um, as much as I love the competition of golf, I love competing, there were enough things that reminded me this year to balance my love of competition, love of the game, with just fun and enjoying meeting new people. Uh, you you run into you cross so many paths and run into so many interesting people at the golf course if you give the game a chance. So that was probably my best, most proud of thing for 2021. 
So I want to move from what were the bests of 2021 to some of my just favorites. I'm going to try to do these a little more rapid fire. Um, favorite podcast of last year, Revolutions with Mike Duncan. I have binged the entire series uh, from season one, starting with the English Revolution all the way through the American, the various iterations of the French, the Haitian, uh, the 1848, the Russian, the South American revolutions. I've caught up to present day. Uh, if you are a history buff at all, and as a an ugly American, I am certainly deficient in my knowledge of European and world history uh, with an American-centric focus growing up. So it's been a nice Cliff's Notes. They're incredibly entertaining and incredibly packed with information. So check that out. That's Revolutions with Mike Duncan. Favorite view this year that I saw? Definitely the view from Craig's Porch at Sand Valley. Uh, playing uphill 17 and 18, that big walk up the hill, and then to be able to sit there with an ice cream sandwich and watch the sunset over those massive dunes and that big, giant Wisconsin sky. It's just fantastic. Uh, favorite shots of the year? I'll give you a quick three because I, with an almost photographic memory for golf courses and golf shots, um, first one, probably my hammered third putt at the Thistledew putting course. We were playing a team game at Pinehurst to round out a day, and I putted one that I missed so badly that it rolled down the hill and off the green, leaving my partner in the lurch. Well, he hammers it back up the hill through traffic, through a couple dozen people, and gets it basically back to where we started. And then it's my turn again, and what do I do? I hit the putt. A friend of the show, Matt Cheney, said that's the most Dave Hill 3 in the history of alternate shot putting competition, and he was absolutely right. Uh, Next was a hybrid I hit to about 10 feet at 13 on Kearney Hill. This one was special because I, I missed my target. I was aiming for the middle of the green and ended up about 10 feet short of a flag that was tucked and just over a bunker uh, with a hybrid into the wind. And I hit it, and it landed, and it was in a match play competition. And Chan just took his hat off, looked back at me, kind of scratched his head, and said, you, your handicap number is what? And kind of winked, and I, I knew at that moment that match was mine. It was great. And finally, it should come as no surprise, I scored an ace on the second hole at the cradle this year. My first hole in one. Yes, I know it was on a short course, but it counts. Uh, next, number four, favorite Twitter uh, friend to green grass conversions. And that's a tough one. Uh, probably go with meeting Ryan online as Bethpage Black Metal. I met him at the Kenwood Country Club event up at Cincinnati this year. And then all the people I met at Martha's Vineyard through the McKellar event, just putting uh, names and faces to Twitter handles was really cool. Got to, to meet a lot of people, obviously golf tragics like me. Um, next favorite golf hole of the year, uh, number six at Black Creek. That's the course down in Chattanooga, Mr. Stein's course. It's the biggest punch bowl I think I could ever imagine. Big blind shot. You aim for a target that is set up on a hillside way off the course, way off in the distance. You just kind of hit and hope. And then once you see the green, you see the approach. It's just a spectacular uh, feeding down towards the bottom of the bowl, even on a frozen day like when we played it. So uh, that was an instant classic, instant favorite in my mind. Next favorite new golf thing. Um, Here at the end of the year, my little Christmas present to myself, I got a Sunday golf bag. It fits a half set pretty perfectly driver and some short irons uh, putter and some wedge 
I just fell in love with this experience. I'd never had a Sunday bag. I like to walk, um, especially for these winter rounds when I may play mixed tees and just going out and enjoying myself. Just absolutely perfect for what I like to do. Uh, next favorite, lodging for golf. It may surprise you. I survived Sand Valley, which is just luxury, but the cabins at Paradise Point. Uh, that's where we stayed at, in for the Black Creek trip. Uh, Paradise Point, it's in Bryant, Alabama, right at the corner of Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. Um, probably popular for the Sweetens Cove set. I know when we go back this year, that may be where we try. The, re- the views are just ridiculous. You're it's a couple hundred feet up uh, looking at the river. You can see a couple of dam complexes, and you can just see forever because you are literally on the mountaintop. Uh, next favorite golf thing to be irrationally mad at, Tate's Creek Golf Course. Uh, it was the course where I suffered both catastrophic ankle sprains this year. So there's thought I may have to, uh, I don't know, maybe boycott there for a while until it's learned its lesson. Um, fun fact about uh, Tate's Creek that I was able to confirm this year from somebody that would know, friend of the show, uh, Justin Mullinex, the course record at Tate's Creek Golf Course in Lexington, Kentucky, owned by none other than Mr. Lee Buck Trevino. That's right. He came in, I would assume, for some kind of pro-am or some kind of corporate. Uh, you know, the, the course opened in the late 50s, so maybe he was, um, who knows what they're doing. But anyway, they had him come in and play what I assume was an exhibition or some kind of match. I think he put up a 58. I'd always heard that legend, um, but he confirmed that people that would know have confirmed that, yes, in fact, Lee Trevino owns the course record at a course in Lexington, Kentucky. And finally, the my favorite golf tree, uh, trees and hidden trees versus Linksy Golf is a big conversation, uh, not only on this podcast, but kind of in golf Twitter and golf podcast world in general. There's a tree at the end of the fairway at the Gabriel Picadome course here in Lexington that basically determines all the strategy of the course. Um, the, it is in kind of the crease of a Y. The, the fairway veers to the right of it and veers to the left of it um, with this giant hardwood right in the middle. You, you have to decide whether you can go uh, to the right, which leaves a straighter approach, uh, which lines up the approach in the green, versus if you go down the left side, you can actually get closer to the green. That Y branch extends out closer. That is all to say, assuming that you don't go for it. And of course, this giant hardwood at the end of the fairway, even though you would be hitting from uphill, uh, the fairway is quite a bit higher the further or the closer to the T elevation wise. Um, but it just really just determines for 90% of players that a strategy of the hole. So I'm trying to think if there are any other trees in kind of my golf universe that are as determinative of strategy as that tree. Maybe the one that kind of guards the green at number four at mid pines. That's one I've had to uh, learn to cut the ball around on occasion. But um, for some place that I play a couple times a month, I actually like that tree. So we've concluded our look back at 2021, said goodbye to our best and our favorites. Now I'm going to take a minute and just maybe preview and, and say a few prayers for what I hope to see in 2022. First, 
I hope to see some cool new courses and meet some new people. Uh, specifically, we're going to do Sweeten's Cove Take 2. Uh, hopefully finally get to play that legendary course down there in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Um, second, I guess 1A on that list would be Inverness Club up in Toledo, Ohio. I have been selected, won a contest on Twitter of all things, uh, to join a foursome up at Inverness that is the legendary course that has hosted so many majors. Uh, just last year in 2021, it hosted the Solheim Cup, which was can't-miss viewing. Uh, the ladies really put on a show there, and there were enough shots, enough interest in that course that made me just say, wow. Uh, so tickled to death to be able to play that later this year. And then finally, Park Mammoth uh, down in Cave City. Um you know, this is the one I have been watching grow. I watch it being built. I've taken the family down there to the construction site long before it was even uh, begun grassing in when they're still doing earth moving. So they've had all fall and winter to grow grass. I've seen some pictures and some videos online, and it just looks amazing. So um, finally hoping to be able to tee it up down there sometime soon. Next on my hope list. Uh, hope to revisit and reconnect. I think that's important in life, not just in golf. Um, there are some local favorite courses that I've missed. Uh, Houston Oaks, Gibson Bay among them did not get to those in 2021. Uh, other courses out in the state that are favorites of mine, Stonecrest, which I've talked about on this podcast down in Prestonsburg, uh, maybe my favorite day trip in the state. Uh, Neville Mead and Lincoln Homestead both have special places in my heart. I think they just are fun courses to play. So I'm hopeful to get back to those this year. Um, French Lick uh, over in Indiana uh, on the, I guess, the extended or the regional look. I love the Ross course up there. Those greens are wild. It's like an antique version of Tobacco Road. You've got these wacky playing corridors, great width in places, a lot of visual intimidation, and just some of the wildest greens that you're going to see mowed anywhere near this area. Um you know, I've got some, my other, my next hope would be, um, I hope I can keep my resolutions. I've got, uh, just a couple this year, nothing extravagant, but one of them is that I hope I get to do something golf every day, whether that be play golf, go to the range and practice chip, um, even just putt in my basement here with the mats or, uh, you know, get the kids to the course, just do something, or maybe even part of my fitness routine. But um, all of that, just something to get better every single day. That's something I'm hoping I can do. I wonder how long that lasts. We'll see next episode. Uh, next on my hope list, I hope to finally play a decent alternate shot. That is something that is very hard to find in America, uh, in modern golf. None of my friends are really interested in it. Um, especially on a golf trip where we've paid, you know, usually a pretty penny to, to play a nicer course. Nobody's interested in it. And not being a member of a regular club here, I don't know eh, that there's a regular game. Our city two-man championship uses it as a format for, I think, nine holes. I've never played in that, but, you know, hope springs eternal. Maybe this year is the year. Next on my hope list, hope to convert more social media um, and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook friends to green grass real friends. Um, you know, the, some of the great joys each year is when I finally get to put a face and shake a hand or fist bump with somebody that I've, I've exchanged uh, out there ideas with out there in the ether, uh, to be able to look them in the eye, to hit a putt and say, man, that was a, a nice round. That's always a good feeling. 
next, hope to get my kids on an actual course. Um, I do this every year on vacation. They like uh, driving the car and making a family adding down in Hilton Head. Um, maybe a little less so here because around home we've just got so many different distractions that they want to get into. Offered my to, to get my son to the course during a, a recent warm stretch, um, I guess over Christmas break. And he just wanted to go to the range. He just wanted to go hit balls with me at Man of War Golf. And you know what? That was fine by me. Um, hopeful to maybe get them exposed to a top golf type situation here soon. And uh, again, that's kind of playing golf swing instead of golf. But the hope is we get them to the course any by any means necessary. Uh, next on the, the list, I hope to play more competitive team events. Um, a rugged individualist that I am. Played in several team events this year, two-man competitions mainly. Um, you know, the, the four-man scramble really hasn't made its way all the way back into golf, uh, at least the local golf scene here. But uh, two-man team championships, two-man scrambles, um, those I, I end up enjoying more than I ever think I will. But a member guest, uh, that type of situation. I find that there's usually a... A good mix of, especially with the people that would bother playing with me, uh, a good mix of some competitive fire and some camaraderie. Um, nothing over the top. Usually, you know, pretty. I'm pretty low key on the course, but those um, maybe help me get outside of my kind of uh, mono focus on just a score. And I'll tend to play with my head up and a smile more than my head down, buried in my card and my pencil. Uh, so hoping to find more opportunities for something like that this year. Um, my bi- one of my biggest hopes, I hope to play well enough just to enjoy the game. You know, I ended the 2021 season with the lowest handicap index that I've ever had. Uh, and I'd, of course, like to be able to say that again next year, but... Uh, I need reminders through the year that golf, though a, a life choice and a lifestyle, it's still a game. Uh, it's still a game to be enjoyed, to be played. It's not something that needs to be stressed over. Um, again, that that card and pencil mentality tends to dominate the way I look at golf a lot of times. But, um, you know, I try to do better with a keeping my head up, taking in the scene, and winter golf really gives me more opportunities to do that than in the summer just because I'm being a working dad of two. Um, I'm usually in some kind of tournament. I mean, that's just what I choose to do. That's how I sp- choose to spend the, the few opportunities that I get to get out on the course is to compete and have fun in, in a league event. Um, but maybe I will play a little bit lower percentage um competition golf and just a little more social golf that couldn't hurt right and I guess my last hope for 2022 to wrap this up is that I just hope to engage with golf more Um, it's been fun to create a few additional uh, posts over at the blog over onebeardygolfer.com I want to keep up with the podcast I think I've made some connections with some interesting guests that I can bring in here in the new year. And just, it helps me to get the thoughts out, just get the golf thoughts out, um, turn them into ideas, see where they lead. Uh, again, just get, get outside of my own head, get outside of my own self. I'm always 
in a better mood and in a better place when that can happen. So with that, that's my requiem for 2021, my prayer for 2022. Uh, more golf, more all things golf, all the good things of golf. Leave the rest for somebody else. Happy New Year. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. A reminder that you can interact with me on Twitter at Blind Shots Pod, as well as over on Instagram. Now, again, I've been scratching out a few notes over on the blog of late, so be able to be sure to check out onebeardergolfer.com. Um, a reminder that I sponsor this podcast, just me. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. Looking to buy a home, looking to sell a home, looking to invest in real estate. Check me out at davidhill.rhr.com. Let's get a conversation started. A reminder to head over to Apple Podcasts to give the show a rating and a quick review. Remember, every time somebody gives us a five-star rating, they will sleep 5% longer and more peacefully every night, guaranteed. Hope you've enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about that now. I will try to do better next time, I promise. And I hope you will join me here again next time on the Blind Shots Podcast. Until then, stay safe, be smart, enjoy your golf daydreams for the coming year. And as always, when you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. Can I tell them what about, or are you just going to be weird? It's not about beards, is it? <laughs> I, could, I could add that in there.